Outdoor Edge knows that providing a freezer full of meat is part of the reason we all hunt. And what better way to bring it full circle than to process your own wild game? Outdoor Edge provides a full lineup of traditional and replaceable blade hunting knives and complete wild game processing kits to bring your wild game from the field to the freezer. Visit OutdoorEdge.com and at checkout, enter the discount code N-A-T-I-O-N-3-0 for 30% off. Transform the way you hunt with the all-new base cellular trail camera connected by the Moultrie Mobile app. Moultrie Mobile's industry-best app gives you complete control over your camera settings, up-to-the-minute updates from the field, and other interactive scouting tools on your smartphone or computer. Features like weather forecast, advanced species recognition, interactive maps, and a whole lot more. For more information and to make your purchase, visit www.moultriemobile.com. And what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the O2 Podcast. Today, Paul and Andrew, I feel like we're in Top Gun or something. Mobile. We're in the mobile. Mobile studio. O2 Studios. In my Tahoe, driving back from the Half Rack event in Wisconsin, what, three hours, 15 minutes from home? We're in the middle of the, uh, I don't know. I, I, I'm not I'm not a big fan of the state, man. Tell, tell us how you really feel about Indiana Dude, right the now. The construction, the traffic, the road layout, like I, it annoys me. That's what that's what Indiana does. It annoys it annoys me. But I digress. Good people. Yes. Well, Paul, we are on our way event. back from the half rack event and uh, the trip up there. We did a little documentation of that on the old social medias. But we the uh, for whatever reason that that drive was terrible because it took us down a stretch from like fort wayne across the state i swear to god there was a traffic light every quarter mile and they kept stopping us it was awful traffic light city little towns i mean oh i I like little towns and stuff but it was just not a very it was tough it was was a challenge it it was tough we had a lot of traffic going through chicago i had to go out and around, but it was fun, man. I, little, I had a good, real a good time at that. Pit stop at the old Bass Pro Shops. Yep, pit stop at Bass Pro Shops. Bought some stuff. Padded Johnny Morris's pockets a little more, so good for them. But Road Dragons, Road Dragons, Rumble Strips. So, but yeah, so we did have a pretty eventful weekend there up in uh, Waterford, Wisconsin, with the folks from Half Rack. And so, if you're not familiar, which it was kind of new to me over the last year, but Half Rack is a brand of you know, hunting accessories accessories and stuff and, and they got really nice stuff and working with josh and tj and glenn and all those guys cool cool event they had where they raised money for the ward burton foundation yeah and that was uh, all conservation funded so last year they did this event it's like 50 bucks to get in it got you some raffle tickets and um basically all the beer you could drink for the event I'll tell you what, we put a hurt in, when I say we, everyone at the, at the event, there was probably, there was over 100 people at this event. Oh, yeah. We drank a lot of beer. There was a lot of beer that went down. A lot of beer. So. But they had all these raffle prizes. I think it was like over $20,000 worth of raffle prizes. Yeah. Gave away a nice Beretta, a Matthews bow, all kinds of other stuff. But what did they end up raising? Some 15 they they said they doubled up. So last year uh, was like six thousand bucks. Yeah, they they, like they did. They blew they blew their goal away, which was good, and it's going to a good uh, a good cause. So you can check them out online half hyphen rack dot com. So 
Really, really enjoyed those guys. Great meeting them. We had we we did a podcast, which we're we're not sure if it's going to see the light of day. It was a lot of fun. It was a blast. Uh, it was live. There's all these people there. We had Dan Matthews from the uh, Nomadic Outdoorsman. We had Eric Reynolds from Clark. Eric Clark, right? What is it, Clark? There you go, Eric Clark. Sorry, dude. <laughs> uh, from the OKS Hunter, which was awesome. Great time. We. Uh, yeah, man. We were just pounding beers, eating pizza. Talking to Glenn and Josh and Talking TJ. Talking to Glenn and Josh and so TJ and Warden. Officer Hurstback from yep, the one of their... Wisconsin DNR. And, oh, it was cool, man. Great oh, great good. talk, but it got a little weird. Yeah, it was fun. Descent into Madness Volume 2 uh, will be the name of that <laughs> if it comes out. So, yeah, oh, still, still, still a good time, man. Great to, great to see all those people. We met Jessica from the Wild Race. Dude, that Check deer, her she out. She's awesome, man. She's on beautiful. Instagram. She shot this awesome buck in Wisconsin a couple years ago. She's got a, a TV show in Pursuit, her and her husband. Really, really cool people. Really good cause, what they're what they're doing with their show and, and their uh, content. So, yeah, check them out, too. So Yeah, that was cool. And she had, so she had shot that buck, and this was another thing they had going. You could guess the score of the deer. And it had a drop tine, actually had a little bit of velvet still velvet hanging on it yeah. it was a beautiful deer but nobody knew the score she didn't know the score no she just they got it back it. they scored it there she literally had it for like two days um and then they did the the whole thing that was really fun to guess that um uh, but yeah it was a good it was a good year what what did it score 155 and 50 yeah something like that some change but so. it was a good event can't say enough and they're they're talking about doing another one or doing them next year and having a road show, maybe take it to another state or something. So, come on to Ohio, boys. Come on, come on down. But it was, uh, yeah. So, what else has been going on, Paul? I've been, I've been with you for the last forty-eight hours as you just chuck a cheese curd at um, the. So uh, I, we bought a bunch of cheese curds in Wisconsin, and Eric from Okay said, "Take the cheese curds that you bought, put them in on the dashboard of your truck to get them squeaky." Get them squeaky. So I wanted to check to see if they're squeaky. I can confirm they are not squeaky yet. So we just pulled them out of a cold cooler, though. That just probably doesn't them out of help. Cooler, but I don't know, man. I'm I, I'm getting ready. We've been talking about deer season coming up. We got waterfowl coming up. Small game coming up. I'm. It's the point in the year. I am itching, itching to kill something. So I'm looking forward to that. I know you guys. If you're listening to this, you are ready to start hunting. Any day now, it's come down the pipeline. So, still a lot of practice with tether. My new tether saddle system going on. So, yep. Thanks to the guys at tethered. Yeah, they gave. We had one of those at the auction last night. That yeah, went, I think raised kit. a couple was, hundred bucks. That was good. Yeah. Um, good. And shout out to our guys from Go Wild, uh, as always. A little Go Wild contingent there. We had Jacob, Jacob and Braden and in the Braden. house. That was fun. Braden, so. Braden might be my new favorite person uh, because he laughs at stupid comments i make and my wife would be she'd sit there and be like you're the reason for the problem you know you just sit there and egg me on uh Braden just throws fuel on the fire yes he does we just ran into him jacob and that uh, was and at just like some random gas station in the middle of indiana didn't expect to see those we need to we need to hunt him down on this uh on, on this, this podcast uh, here, on this mobile podcast, so on the drive, that would be Good hilarious. So what, what do we what do we got? What news wise? I see you get your phone out there. What do you what do you got from the? I'm trying to the state of Ohio. Keep what's see what's going on here. We've got the Boating Education Center open for business at Lake White State Park down in Waverly. So, um, 
check that out if you're down that way. Lake White's pretty. I just discovered that just recently in the last like year. That little little sanctuary of fishing, pretty neat, pretty pretty, pretty cool. Uh, check oh, that out. This one's right up your alley, Paul. Uh, shooting turkeys. Close. Oh. You can register now for the Wild Turkey Habitat Workshop. So the details. I will be there. I'm already registered. Athens County. Go to ODNR's website, but you can register. They will want you to register by Tuesday, August 23rd, which will be have been the day. Yeah, you get to learn how to manage for wild uh, turkeys on your. Uh, the, the day this gets comes out, it's going to be what the 24th. So mm-hmm. there you go. We're a day late, but the actual event is August 30th. So perhaps they can find a way to sneak you in there if you're interested. It's down in Athens. Uh, from five to eight, I think it's fifteen bucks, which includes dinner. It does. So you can do a little bit of learning about how to build some turkey habitat, which is, of course, hey man, if very you want to hunt turkeys in the state, and you've got land, you need to consider doing that. Trapping, land management. There's all sorts of programs out there that you can get funding to help manage for wildlife on your property. Equip all these things. This is one of those events that you're going to be able to find out all those, uh, all those programs and, uh, and, the, and the necessary steps you need to take. So if you've got questions, you can hit me up on Go Wild or Instagram. And this is a cool one. Um, I know we talk a lot about turkey and deer, but we also have that big body of water up there on the north side of the state where ODNR has just awarded over $400,000 in grants to protect the Lake Erie Shores. So the four hundred twenty-four thousand seven hundred thirty dollars uh, is going to be funding used for coastal planning and public access. That's good. Uh, getting, Pretty cool. Getting people places to get in the water and all that kind of stuff. Let's see if there's anything else. We were when we were on that charter last week. There was that. I mean, it wasn't. The waves weren't aggressive. But when the boats would roll by, roll by, you'd get the wake from the boats, and it got pretty sketchy. There was a couple. There were two people, and they were on a kayak, one kayak. So the, the, the lady was facing backwards, and the, and the dude was paddling, and this lady was trolling for fish off the back of the kayak. That is insane. That's getting your fitness and your fishing in yes. together, at least for Good the for one guy. Two. I'm sure they limited out. <laughs> Well, else you got? Um, good there? Some updates on efforts to control uh, some vegetation at Indian Lake. So ODNR has been working to try to get that cleaned up, and it sounds like they've made a herbicide application, and they may be doing that again in another couple weeks, trying to figure out if they can get the Priscilla, I think is the name of the weed, under control. Oh, wait, no. Yeah. Priscilla is the herbicide. My bad. Falling off. Eurasian, so what do we got? We Eurasian got to, water milfoil. There you go. There you go. Milfoil. I, I thought the bass liked that stuff. I don't know. Maybe they don't. Who knows? Milfoil. Uh, what so do we, we got, got coming up? We got uh, we got some good 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 content coming up this week. We're talking about mobile hunting with Adrian Wilson from Tether. That's uh, This is a good talk, so. It's a very good talk. We've had a couple. So we asked for you guys to send us some suggestions. We got a lot of really good content coming down the pipeline for deer hunting. If there's any one, any personalities that you want to hear from or any topics that you want to hear about, let us know. Hit us up on Instagram. Leave us a review. Talk about it. 
you know, we'll see. We'll see what we can do. We've got we're doing a, a round table with some really cool guys coming up. Uh, yeah, we got a lot. We, I, I want to learn, and I'm trying to find someone to talk about this, but but using thermals to hunt bucks in the hill country of Ohio because that's a very popular topic uh, that you know a lot of people were talking about and paying attention to because it's important, right? If you want to be successful learning thermals, so any of you thermal experts out there. Or know someone that you would consider a thermal expert in the state of Ohio? Send them our way. So, yep, that would be good. And anything we've had, we had a lot of questions about saddle hunting there for a while. So that's getting Adrian on today to talk from Tethered and, yeah. and give us some of the background on that. It's good. And I think the biggest the biggest thing for me is just getting comfortable in the saddle because uh, it's different. It's different than the stands that, that I've been in before. The biggest benefit. I mean, the mobile part is like you're not, especially if you're a public land hunter like me. Like you're not dragging in this giant climber. Like you're super mobile. It's light. I mean, I put everything into one backpack that I bought off of Amazon for fifty bucks. You know, like all of it fits in there. I, you know, I've got plenty of room for food, water, and all that stuff. And it's not really that heavy. So that is a big, big plus uh, for me. And so. you'll get comfortable. You just got. We got to get you out there that first time. Once you get out and actually you're like legitimately hunting or attempting to hunt, look at that! What is that? Looks like it's like a skate park. It's like a skate park. Kids on BMX bikes jumping stuff. That looked pretty wild. Indianapolis Zoo exit one seventeen. There you go. Oh man, we are in the heart, buddy. So yeah, a lot of fun stuff coming down the pipeline. Yep. So appreciate you guys listening. And if you've got anything, hit us up on Go Wild O two Podcast. Uh, our website is the O two Podcast dot com. Instagrams with uh, the dot o two dot podcast, and we always appreciate reviews, and especially when you write something out, make us laugh. It's fun. So, anything else, Paul? I get it, man. The o two podcast dot com. We got some stuff for sale up there. Check it out. Yep. Take care, everybody. Have a good week. See you guys. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the O2 Podcast. Today, it's Paul Andrew and our very special guest, Mr. Adrian Wilson from Tethered. Adrian, how are you tonight? Guys, I'm great. How are y'all doing? Good. You got all dressed up for us and cleaned up and, and all for the, the podcast. Well, I, I, I figured it'd be better if I showered and shaved for you guys. Uh, <laughs> this is kind of our, it's like our first date, so I wanted to be appropriate. Right. I get jealous of guys with really nice hair. I'm like, damn. Look at that hair. I wish I had hair like that. So good for good for you, man. So so Adrian, what, tell oh go ahead, man. I was just gonna say I wear a hat all the time though. So <laughs> I have tell. I got lots of hair, but I, I cut it very short and my brother in laws are all bald. I think they really hate that because it's like, why are you doing that? I don't know what you're missing, man. You love it until you lose it, right? Yeah. So Adrian, tell our listeners a little bit about uh, you know, who you are, where you're from, man, you know, what you like to hunt and uh and your role within tethered uh so adrian wilson um from nashville tennessee uh born and raised been a southern guy my whole life uh, got introduced uh to tethered actually before tethered started i was friends with those guys uh on saddlehunter.com um i jumped on saddle hunter about uh nine ten years ago i was introduced to saddle hunting and just my nature is I want 
when I learn something, I want to get as much information as I can. And, uh, you know, we didn't have, we had social media, but it's not like it is now, right? You know, 10 years ago, we had Facebook and all the things, but we didn't have all these hunting groups and saddle hunting groups. So we went to stuff like archery talk or saddlehunter.com. And so I'd befriended these, these guys and um, over the course of befriending them and bouncing ideas and DIY stuff, um, they were gracious enough to ask me to join and uh, be a part of what they were doing. And uh, uh, I mean, it was a no brainer for me because I'm a hunting fanatic and want to be a part of, you know, I knew Tether was going to be doing really good things. It's something I totally believe in and, and uh, good men that, I mean, that's, a, that's a, an important factor for me surrounding myself with good people. And especially when you have a product that you believe in. And so it, from there, I mean, I was a high school teacher for 20 years and that's what I was doing. Uh, I, uh, I coached high school basketball for 18 years. And uh, I realized at some point when I'm standing there in basketball practice, thinking about deer and uh, I was in the wrong profession and it just worked out where, you know, Tethered was doing really good things and they, they were able to bring me on. Um, and so uh, I was part-time for a while uh, running social media and now um, I'm a full-time employee and uh, don't do social media with them anymore. I am uh, the, uh, uh, excuse me, retail sales guy. So uh, within the last year, year and a half, Tethered has moved to, uh, putting product in small archery uh, sporting goods stores. And uh, so I'm that guy that uh, makes the contact with them and uh, they they let me hunt a little bit for them. So, I mean, I, I'm pretty happy man. So we before we go any further, on your high school teaching, and our, our listeners can't see, but you, you, I can only picture Bradley Cooper from The Hangover because you kind of like look like him. And I'm sure that that's – you were a very fun teacher just like that. You know, it's funny. Um, I'm a lot older than I look. <laughs> uh, you guys don't know this, but, uh, but so being in Nashville, Tennessee, um, I walk in and literally there's two names that stand out. Bradley Cooper would be number three. I get uh, Dirks Bentley occasionally, but, uh, oh, shoot, what's the other guy? Uh, um, Billy Carrington. That's the one yep. that everybody says. And uh, so uh, it's funny. I'll, I'll walk. I, I've gone to concerts, right? I'm in concerts and I'll walk in and people start pointing. <laughs> I don't see it. I personally <laughs> don't see it. But I know that that's and, – and my girlfriend's like, oh, my gosh, here we go. They'll come up and give me drinks and they think I'm this this country music guy. I'm 6'5", right? If they've done their research, those guys are like 5'9", five, 5'10", five, but it's the hair – just I guess, but ride, yeah, Bradley man. Cooper, Bradley Cooper's one from, I forget the movie he was in with the long hair where there's the country music guy that, uh, it's the, the one with, uh, uh, with Lady Gaga, right? Yes. Yes. I, I, I stopped I watching that. Recently. that. I, I, I was watching that movie with my wife and I don't like awkward situations in life or on the big screen. And when he gets up, I'm going to ruin the movie for you if you haven't seen it. What is A Star is Born or something like that? Yes, like where, yes, where yes, he, yes. He pisses himself at, like, the Grammy Awards or whatever. I'm like, ah, I'm yes. out. Oh, can't God. watch it. Like, I felt so bad for him as, like, as a movie. I'm like, I, I, I can't watch this movie anymore. So I don't so, even know how it ends. I couldn't even get through the end of it. 
you referenced my my students, my high school students. Uh, uh, what's his John Krasinski? Is that his name from the office? Yes. Oh yeah, Jim. Yep. I get the, I, they they were like, you look like Jim. And at first, I was like, what? I don't. Again, I don't see these things, but I guess it's the hair. Hilarious. That's funny. Now that we've derailed the conversation to Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga. Uh, <laughs> let's get back. Yeah, we're, we're here to talk about hunting, guys. Let's get into manly stuff here. All right. So, so let's talk about, so when did you start saddle hunting? Did you start, you know, a decade ago when you were on saddlehunter.com or had you just jumped into this, this style of hunting before that? No. So it's, it was one of the funny things. So I hunt probably 95% of public land. Um, I would love to hunt a lot more private land. I just don't have the money to buy it. So, um, and I'm not much of a door knocker. I don't, I don't like asking for a lot. I don't mind. I might try it, but I've never done that. But, uh, so I was hunting public land here in, uh, middle Tennessee mostly. And one of my hunting buddies, like we hunted together a lot and, uh, we were carrying these climbers in and then he started telling me about these saddles and, uh, I thought he was crazy because it looked, it was a DIY thing because that's what it was for the longest time because nobody was making them. And he, I actually, I've been wearing a uh, rock climbing harness for about 18, 15, 18 years, give or take as a hunter. Uh, I just hated the vest and I, my research took me to archery talk and archery talk told me a lot about these guys wearing rock climbing. And it made sense to me because rock climbing has been around for years and the safety factors of that. And then I kind of thought that the safety vest, um, which is, you know, a life-saving device in its own right, which is fine, but I thought it was more geared to just specifically hunters. Um, and it was more of a niche of, Hey, we got to sell this product. Um, Rock, uh, rock climbing harnesses made more sense to me. They're more comfortable. I don't have to wear anything over my top, whatever. And so I got him into into doing that. And the next thing I know, he's he's got this DIY saddle. And I was like, you're crazy, man. That doesn't look comfortable. There's too many moving parts and all these ropes. It was just, I didn't know, right? Anything new sometimes is, can be overwhelming. And that's what it looked like to me. Uh, but after about a half a season, of me lugging in a summit Titan into these hills and hollers of Tennessee and in the humidity and all, all the things, you know, the guys can complain about, I was like, let me, cause let me sit in that. Cause he'd offered before. I'm like, no, that's not for me. I was closed minded. It was, it was dumb on my part. And when I sat on, sat in his, my mind was blown. And then I wanted more and more information. And then he's like, go to saddlehunter.com. And at the time, that was where you got all the info. And so that's how I, I jumped into it. And once I got into it, it was nonstop from there because I was – my thing is that this, this is sad. This is sad. If I'm into something, I'm all in. Like, I'm just boss to the wall in, and that's that's what it was. And uh, um, I've loved it ever since, ever since. So saddle hunting, it like, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I mean, guys like John Eberhardt, I mean, they were doing that back in like the eighties, weren't they? And and I guess it just evolved out of what you just said, necessity, you know, the mother of all inventions. So I remember carrying the summit Viper into the public lands here in Ohio. It was a miserable task. And then God forbid you shoot a deer, you got to drag that thing out and the tree stand. <laughs> and I mean, so, I mean, so, so saddle hunting has been around for a long time. 
So guys well, like me, I just kind of heard about it in the last couple of years, and I don't know. It's a secret that everyone's kept, and I'm I'm all in on it. Super comfortable, <laughs> but well, I, I think so. To my, I I don't know if my dates are exactly right, but I want to say John was doing it in the late sixties to to mid seventies, and uh, hearing him talk about it, how he started is just it's pretty cool, but like it's mind blowing because they don't have the, the, the luxuries that we had. We have the day and what we're making. And that's the cool thing about saddle hunting. Now that it's really taken off in the last three ish years, there's so many new products coming out and new ideas. And, and that's great for the hunting community. I, I just think it's awesome. Um, you know, you're, you're talking about how miserable it is to take your Viper in. That's that's during that time, about halfway through that season where I said I, I sat in it for the, the, the saddle for the first time, I I could feel my a drainage from my body for carrying these climbers in. And it was almost like it was something I loved. Hunting is something I love, but the idea of the miserable task of climbing all these hills with all this weight and then carrying my bow and then attaching a bag to the to the, the climber and all that it just started draining me and I hated that feeling because it was something I loved to do so much. So saddle hunting was super refreshing for me. It kind of renewed me. And, uh, and now like I tell people this a lot, saddle hunting is not for everybody, but I think more people that really give it a shot will find the benefits and really like it. I don't want to push saddle hunting on anybody my my goal as a person is I'm a people person. I like to help people if I can. So if there's something that's benefiting me, I want to share that with other people to maybe help them. That doesn't mean they have to do it. I look at saddle hunting as a tool. We all have a toolbox at the house, right? And there's some tools that we have in that box that we use way more than others. Um, I'm not anti-climber, anti-ladder you know, ladder or lock-on. I'm there to kill an animal. That's, that's my love for hunting. That, like I'm there to kill, right? That's why we do it. I would say for the most part. Um, but the saddle is my tool. 99.9% of the time. And well, I, I'm with you. I think there's a lot of people out there. that are like, no, nope, that's too complicated. I'm not physically fit enough. I can't do that. But I think the way you guys have put that together, it actually is a lot more user-friendly than most people would think. Uh, if you're not, if you haven't done it before. So I'm with yeah, it's you know, intimidating that's cool... when you're, when you're, yeah, doing, yeah right? especially now, no, I'm sorry. I don't mean to cut you off. But no, I'm going to say now, like when, I, when I started, we had saddlehunter.com. It was specific for saddle hunters and there wasn't a ton of people on there. Now there's so many Facebook groups out there and I'm not knocking any individuals in any way here, but these guys have been doing it. What one, two, three years at most. And they, some of them are really good at it and, and, uh, but there's so much knowledge or, or, or so many people have their own version of doing things. And that's great. That's the, the cool thing about saddle hunting because to each their own, what might fit me might not fit you, but there's so much information out there and a lot of bad information from, from new people just now starting. Like I've been doing it for 10 years. I'm still learning new tricks that, that, I mean, it just, I love it. I, I mean, 
if you feel like you've learned it all and you know it all, you should probably quit because that attitude I think is bad. I just, I, I don't like that. I'm always learning whether it's good or bad. Like I learn a lot of good information. Then I learn information that I haven't tried. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to do that. Um, so my, my advice to guys that are just getting into it, really put yourself out there, really experiment and play with it for a good hunting season and talk to guys that have done it for an X amount of number of years, not just new people, not that the new people don't know what they're doing. I just think experience wins out is what I'm saying, I guess. I think for, for me when, it, and cause Andrew and I had talked about saddle hunting and, and it was just same thing. Closed minded. I'm a big dude. I'm not getting on that little tiny platform. I'm not getting in that little tiny saddle. I'm not getting, you know, climbing up those little tiny steps. And it just visually, it didn't look comfortable. And the first time I met you at ATA in Louisville this, this year, you're like, just, just, just hop on big fella. Like, just try it out. And I sat in and I'm like, oh my God, this is, this is, this is what a saddle feels like. I mean, it's just like, it's just like cradling me. I'm like, this is amazing. And so I was still kind of on the fence and this is what I want you to talk about. It's kind of some of the benefits of being on a saddle. I watched a video, friend of the program, Parker McDonald tethered user i watched this guy like swing around the tree to his like offhand and like put his leg on the tree and like flip out and push over and shoot this deer and my mind exploded i'm like that sold i mean just the mobility so what are some of the benefits of just platforms saddle hunting compared to like those stand like you're in a climber that's it i mean you've got you pretty out you you have like a very small window to deer hunt and to shoot rather. Well, I mean, you're so I'm going to tell you when I had my, uh, I modified my, my summit Titan when I was using that, I had, I had a foot rest. I had these cushions and all this stuff. I'm going to tell you, it's hard not to sleep in that joker. I mean, that's, I mean, it, I'm, I'm being serious. And I, when I'm there to hunt, I don't want to go to sleep. Right. But like, that midday when it's a cool day and that sun comes up sometimes, I mean, whoo, it's hard not to start dozing. But uh, with the with the um, saddle, I feel like there's no shot that I can't take. Um, and, and again, I might not have said that when I first started just because I think it's getting uh, familiar and comfortable with your equipment and just more experience and what you, you can do. I think one of the biggest things uh, – New guys, when they're standing on the platform, um, it can be like you're always looking at your feet and kind of wondering what can I do and what can I not. And over time, it's kind of like tying your shoes. I don't ever look down. Like I'm kind of I'm usually a leaner. I started off as a sitter, more experienced. Now I'm a leaner, and I know my platform. I know where I can put my foot without looking and little things. And that, like going 360 behind around the tree is with just a platform. I'm not talking about, I don't have to have steps on the backside. Some guys want to do that and, and that's fine. Um, again, to each their own. I don't need to do that. I can put a knee in a tree and swing around. I can't do it as well as Parker McDonald. That guy's a magic man. I think it's, uh, he's short of stature at the same time. So that might help him. Um, I love Parker. I'm kidding. Yeah. Um, but uh, the fact that one of my favorite thing is actually hiding behind the tree. You know, um, if I'm playing the wind, now obviously we never know which way the deer are going to come. 
like we might have this perfect plan and the wind's just blowing in our face. This, I've had deer walk up behind me and I'm thinking, wait, that's not what they're supposed to do. They, they, they lead with their nose and I stink. And, but the, but if they are coming and you're playing the wind, I've had multiple instances where, you know, deer do look up. They do. I can't, I, I can't tell you why I'm not a deer whisperer. Uh, like some guys are, but like I've hidden behind the tree. Like, like, you know, I'm just like standing still behind the tree. I love that. I can do that. If I'm on a lock on or a climber and they look up at me, I can't, I'm not hiding. I'm just sitting there like, or standing or whatever. I think that's one of the, the, the nice things for me, but other benefits, obviously I'm not taking all this bulkiness into the woods. When I walk into the woods, sometimes I wear my saddle. Sometimes I have it in my pack, but, all I have on me is a pack with all my gear. And I'm I, depending on if, if I'm using a bow sling or not, I might be carrying my bow. It might be wrapped around my shoulder. I think those are huge. Those are, those were the, the biggest pluses for me uh, that again, I'm six, five. So I'm going through, there's some thick, gnarly stuff and I have to duck down. My climber is not getting stuck on all these branches. I've just got a backpack and, and I'm good. And, and it's just, it's not weighing me down. I saw like a giant turtle stumbling through the woods with those, <laughs> with those shells on. So must be weird being up that high. I can't imagine. I mean, I have to get up to my second or third step before I'm six five. <laughs> so, well, so when you first started, when and and when I'm struggling with this right now. But when did you really start to trust the saddle and trust the equipment and trust that you are? not going anywhere because I'm still at that point. I'm looking down at my feet. You know, I'm like when I, when I move and like, you know, something adjusts, I like grab the tree real quick, you know, it's like, I got him to die. And so at what, like, when did, when did you start to feel comfortable and just really trust that, you know, cause it's so different. There's nothing in front of you. I mean, like ladder stand, like you feel super comfortable, right? There's a bar right in front of you. You don't have any of that. Well, I'm a researcher. So, because I always want to learn and, and like, I want to better myself. I will re- like, I'm just a researcher. Like, e- like if I'm going to spend any money on anything, even if it's $10, I want to know that I'm getting the best for that $10 that I can get. Right. Uh, f- for me. I, and it doesn't mean that it has to be super expensive. I just want to get the most quality. So uh, me researching with uh, my background of using that rock climbing harness and different ropes. Um, I'm not as scared. Of, I'm not scared of heights, um, but I, I respect it. Um, and so it didn't take long for me. And I know it's different from, from person to person. There's a lot of guys that, that have, uh, transitioned to saddle hunting, uh, that are scared of heights and the ropes make them feel safer. I think that's a big thing because if you think about the traditional, um, hunter safety system style type vest, right? We'll just say that one, for example, you've got that strap behind you. And then you've got pleats in it. And if you fall, it's going to be pop, 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 pop. You're going to fall a little bit. If I fall with my tether, and I'm just going to swing a little bit, and I can get right back on my platform. So um, I practiced at the ground level uh, before I ever went out. And, uh, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't like a, a natural by any means, but just with that practice gave me the confidence that – that you know, because I'm already, I was already before that. I actually transitioned from a climber to, I think it was a a, a muddy blood sport 
uh, lock on and muddy pro sticks um, is what I was using before that. Um, so it wasn't much different other than the, the way I was facing the tree and locking in with a tether and things of that nature. I'm going to have to practice just on the ground because I'm still, I don't know, still getting comfortable. I was watching a video of Taylor Chamberlain one sticking up the side of the tree. We've talked about that briefly on the show, and I was amazed. I mean, this guy's as big as I am. He's not a little boy. He's not a little guy, and he's just hanging there super comfortable, untying a stick, moving it up. You know, I mean, just just effortless, and and that's to me, that's just mind-blowing, so... How so? When you when you get into saddle hunting, you're a public land hunter. A lot of us are public land hunters. That that mobility, the ease of, uh, I guess, just moving through the woods. That's a huge deal. So, how did it change the way that you hunted once you got into the saddle game full full bore? Well, um, when I I could tell when I said I was feeling drained before I got into saddle hunting, I realized and it was a slap in the face. I became a lazy hunter. I, I really did. Um, I was, I was, I've always been an athletic guy, you know, um, and, and it didn't bother me to, to, to go long distances if that's what it's called for. Right. Um, but I found myself and I didn't realize it, but I found myself only setting up, you know, maybe a hundred yards, a couple hundred yards from the truck and my hunting uh, was not very good. I was not. Now, obviously, you know, we always hear these stories about guys pulling up to the parking lot and you can hunt right there next to the lot because everybody else is going in deep and pushing the back. But like I was being lazy. I did not. I, I, I found myself hating walking into the woods with, with this heavy stuff on me. And uh, so my transition was when I got that, I, it was like a breath of fresh air. Like I felt like I could, I've always been an outdoorsman in some aspect, whether it's hiking or climbing and stuff like that. And I I realized I was now focusing on deer sign and, and what they're eating and where they've been versus where I hoped that they would come or I'd seen them before that. And I would, that that was the lazy part of me because I didn't used to be like that because I was so energized by loving the hunt. And now that I could I could go anywhere I wanted to. I didn't have to worry about, oh, this tree has to be perfectly straight and it can't have any limbs and, and things of that nature. Like, I didn't worry about that anymore. I would just, like, as a public land hunter, I've always been this this way, but when I got lazy, I didn't do it. Boots on the ground, even during season, you have to have them. Deer patterns change. Their food sources change. Hot trees change. And I was not utilizing my knowledge because I became lazy because I just didn't feel like putting forth the effort in the way I had been hunting with a climber or, or just a, at the time, you know, like heavy lock-ons. So in transitioning from, you know, the DIY and like the, all the, the forums, that kind of stuff. One of the, the beautiful things to me um, is what tethered has done to simplify this for, the masses, right? Um, I like you did a lot of research and last summer and I was sitting around and I hear about it on a podcast. I go watch some videos. I put it in all together in my cart and then I'd like close the window and then I'd go back and I do it again. And, and it was like, finally it was someday I was just like, you know what? We're going to do this. 
So you guys have everything you need on that website, but I think the the, the most beautiful thing is the kit, right? You put together a kit that basically you come with your saddle, your lineman's belt, your tree tether. Um, I'm not sure if there's anything else in there, but the, you got the knots, everything that you need to really get started outside of sticks and a platform. Mm-hmm. Um, do you sure. want to talk about the evolution of that and how you guys came to bringing that kind of thing to market? Sure. Um, you know, we wanted to promote saddle hunting because we, we had this love. We were all hunters. We were all regular nine to five workers, right? We all had our own jobs. And, and, uh, when they started, they had this, uh, vision of, Hey, we're all doing DIY stuff. Why can't we make something more functionable that is, is for, for everybody? Like, but, and like I said, a while ago, my love, uh, for hunting is just that like saddle hunting is a, a, an extra bonus for me, but getting like, whether it's my kids or another adult or someone new into the hunting world, that's the first step. And then that's when I like to share my saddle hunting because I feel like it's made me a better hunter. And so if I can help someone do that, um, that's, that's what tethered's done. They want to give people, they started off with the opportunity to say, Hey, we can make this saddle and it's going to be comfortable for most people we're gonna uh let's throw in some alignments belt and a and a tet like let's get them to where they don't have there's so many questions and and they don't know let's put it together for them let's take those questions away say this is what you need to get started and uh you know it can be it, we talked about it it's overwhelming and you know a lot of this stuff in in hunting in general um is not cheap and uh the thing is, though, like, it, you know, if you pay attention to any of the, the buy, sell, trade stuff, you're paying a premium. You're almost paying a new price for yourselves. And some people are paying more just to get their hands on this equipment. Um, so with Tethered, we were like, okay, we want to be the one-stop shop for saddle hunting. And we want to make it easy uh, to get into to where it's not super overwhelming. And that's kind of the DIY, uh, behind it that we know that the the growing pains and the struggling as DIY saddle hunters, we're like, let's, let's learn from our mistakes or things that we've done and let's make a product and things to help that guy or that lady or that child get into it. And that makes sense. It absolutely does. And cause when I was, doing this i knew a couple of their guys that were kind of thinking the same lines and they're they're trying to do it i don't know if it was cheaper or just because you know they want to do it on their own or whatever and they're like well i'm gonna get the rope from this website and then i'm gonna get the, the you know the ascenders from this website and carabiners are over here i'm like why are you wasting your brain power and time and everything else when i just click two things on tethered website and voila i've got everything i know works together and it it's you know safe and everything else um, that was one of the major, major selling points for me. So, yeah. And that's, you, you, you know, I mean, like when we were DIY guys, we had to go to different places to, to collect this stuff and hope that they had it. Right. Um, and we were meshing things that were not really in the hunting industry into a hunting product. So we're like, okay, how can we make this easier for people to where 
they can, again, the one-stop shop. And, uh, you know, now we, I, I, this, I don't mean this to sound arrogant, but I feel like we've done a really good job of, of giving people things that they want and or need. And then there's luxury items in there too. Like, you know, we can go in and hang our tether on the tree and use a, a Prusik knot. Um, but I'm going to tell you the rope man or the Kong duck is a, a super nice luxury to have, you know, and I tell people like, Hey, you don't have to have that, but if you're going to ask me, Hey, what are some things that just really make it a lot easier? Boom. And the sender is, is money. They are nice. I got, I got two of them after he told me about them. Yeah. I, I watched how they work. I'm like, this is a must have. I mean, it's not, it's not a must have. You don't need it to hunt, but I, I think like you said, the luxury of it, the ease of use, I'm thinking about, you know, when it's 10 degrees in Ohio and my hands don't work, that thing is, is, is going to be kind of come in handy. So let's talk about the actual like structure of a saddle system. So, my first kind of complaint in my head when I was looking at saddles, I've got big feet and my feet aren't going to fit on these little tiny sticks. And then I go to ATA and you're like, oh, we'll check out the Skeletor. It's angled away from the tree. You know, what other objection do you have? I'm like, damn, he's poking holes in my story already. So talk about, so, so you've got the Skeletors. That's, that's how you get up the tree. Talk about that. Let's, let's climb a tree together. There's so many methods. And when I said that to you at ATA, I wanted to expose who you were, really were, Paul, and <laughs> debunk your thoughts. No, I, seriously, though, um, like there's so many different methods now to get up the tree. Again, it's going to be a personal thing to each individual hunter, what you feel comfortable with, what you feel like you're best at. Um, um, I've used many different sticks uh, over the course as a hunter. Um, you know, we, we came out with the tethered one sticks, uh, a couple of years ago, uh, you know, each stick is one pound. I, I love those sticks. I'm thinking, how can we, how can we top that? You know, we've, you know, it, th- that's the cool thing about the saddle hunting thing. Every time you think that, how can it get any better? Here's something comes right. Uh, or there's these ideas and, uh, but the one stick was phenomenal the way, you know, it's kind of like an old boat cleat, the way you wrap the, the, the rope around it. And then the Skeletors. So it's funny. Um, a lot of us with tethered before we started making sticks, we're using a stick called uh, the leverage stick, a company that went out of business around 2012, I believe. Don't hold me to that day, but that's what I want to say it is. And I actually, that's what I was using and it's, 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 and that's what we base the Skeletor off of. It was um, pretty much a lot of the similarities, but we beefed it up, made it better, uh, sturdier. We made them lighter. And then we put this angle to where big foot guys like Paul <laughs> could have ne- lots of, Neander lots Paul. of room. Neander Paul. I, I won't go that far, Andrew, that I don't know him like you do, but <laughs> I, I'm with you, brother. Um, so um, then they, we, we made this, we wanted, you know, cause we, the, the, the one sticks, they're high end, right? Like this, they're not, they're not cheap to make. And so to make a quality product, we put money into that and, and sold it and, and they're high end, right? Then we wanted to make something more budget friendly 
but I'm going to tell you, uh, the Skeletors might be my favorite. Um, the only difference for me that, that I would question is obviously how light the one sticks are, but the, the Skeletors with the foot room, the way they attach to the tree, um, I, I, I love them. I think they're phenomenal, phenomenal sticks. Those, okay. So like you, I think I've got about six different brands of sticks out in my garage. Sure. But I used those Skeletors for the other day. I, first of all, the weight, I didn't even realize I had those on my back when I was going out. Um, and the way they dig into the tree, holy shit, man. Like, I, w- I couldn't believe the bite those things got in there. Way better than any of the other ones I've, I've used. So, Oh, man, they're amazing. I mean, like, it, it's, it's they're great. And, uh, again, I, I keep talking about this because this stands out to me. Like, But the, the attachment method, you know, it's not like using, like, molly webbing or anything and going around, you know, a button – it, where you, when you do that, you know, there's going to be a little drop in the step or in the stick. It's going to, cause you got to find that happy medium of using the, the, like the Molly type webbing loops or whatever to, to fit in the, in the, um, the button there. But with the, 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 I keep saying a cleat method, I, uh, it's called Dynalock, you know, is what we call it. And you can pull that and cinch that that rope tight and there's, there's little to minimal drop and uh, it, it's solid on that, on that tree. And you were talking about different methods, you know, um, for a long time, if I was able to on private land, can't do it on public on most places, I was using uh, tree spurs, like Lyman spikes. I've got a set of those. Um, I don't think those are for everybody. I like them a lot. And if I'm able to use them, I, I will do so. Um, I think learning different types of methods uh, is really good to kind of figure out what's going to benefit you. I've never, and this you're going to laugh at me because I'm in, I'm, I work for Tethered. I'm kind of in the, in, the, in, the, in the industry. I've never one stick, and uh, a lot because a lot of people ask me about that. And let me explain why. And this is a personal preference for me. A lot of guys swear by it, and I think that's great. I think to each their own. For me. And I have to try it before I can really give a full definition of ex- explanation. But I'm really big on movement. And I, I, the mi- most minimal movement, I think, is better. And going up and down the tree, I go up in one time. Like, I, I'm not going to make multiple trips. I'm going straight up. And with the one-sticking method, there's a lot of swinging back and forth. And there's a lot of movement. And Maybe it's just me, but I'm really paranoid that something's going to skylight me or or pin me down. Um, but I really do like the idea of going up, or excuse me, coming down, like rappelling down. Like I think that's cool. I mean, that's just cool, right? Um, I want to do that. I've not done that. That's probably one of the only things I have not tried in the saddle hunting world. But I don't think it'll be for me. But I didn't think saddle hunting would be for me either. I was wrong. I'm going to try that this year uh, just to play around with it a little bit, but I've not personally done that type of climbing. I mean, you shoot a big buck on public land and then you propel out of the tree. You're a badass at that point, right? Man. Like you're going to, I'm going to feel that's man shit. Right oh yeah. Now. I'm going to feel all jacked up after that. So, um, so we're, cl- we're climbing up the tree. We get Skeletor's one sticking. However the hell you get up the tree platform. So you guys have two style platforms, Predator? Yeah, Predator, thank you. Predator and the Predator XL. I am an XL 
owner. So I like that thing. But so, so here's here's the question I'm still trying to figure out. So I, and and this is where like some of it's just trusting the equipment. So I, I get up, I set my sticks. I'm still trying to figure out where I put the platform. So am I going above? the last step or am I going below and stepping onto it? Is it personal preference? Does it matter? Is there a benefit one way or the other? So my opinion on that is, is it's personal preference. Now safety conscious guys might say, no, you have to put it right next or just barely above your last stick and step onto it. Um, I don't do that. I trust my, my ropes and my equipment. I'm, I'm, I'm always tethered or, or excuse me, I have a lineman's belt around the tree. Um, my style fits me again. I've said this two or three times. I don't mean to keep repeating it, but what me being six, five, I got a lot along the reach and a big step. The way I climb when I, uh, I'm using my sticks, I go up to the tree and I hang that first stick as high as I can reach. Like it's maybe eight something foot up, right? So you're like, okay, how do you reach that? I use a, a five-step aider. So I pull out a five-step aider. And that first stick I'm talking about that I hang. An eight, just real foot. quick, an aider is it's just like a rope ladder basically, right? Yes, yes, okay. yes. And uh, there are companies that make them specific for saddle hunting. Um, uh, backwoods mobile is where I got mine. I had them to make me once specific to what I asked for. And they're really good about that. But before I was using that, I was using like a, a rock climbing style, like same thing, essentially, it just attached a little differently. So I hang that first stick up eight, eight and a half foot, give or take. And then my next stick, I, I, place it on the top of that stick so i've already got two sticks on the tree one's actually attached one is sitting on top of that one and and at I'll this have point one or two at this point you're as high as i will hunt the entire season <laughs> so man and with with my reach i can go pretty high so what i'll do is then i'll hook up my aider i climb up to that first stick the other one that is sitting on top of it right and then i will I've got my own little method, like where I kind of put the top of that stick, and I line it up with my belly button, and I know that's where I want to put it on the tree because that's where I've taught myself where my next step is going to be. Uh, and so I've got the other – I mean, really, I might only use – early season, I'm probably only using two sticks because there's so much foliage on the tree. You know, I think a lot of guys – really think you have to be 30 foot every time you climb. But I mean, in reality, there's so much foliage on the ground and in the trees. I want to get to the best position to where I can kill the deer and still uh, blend in and have a background. So I'm usually, that might be the only two sticks I put on the tree early season. As the season progresses and the, the leaves start falling off, I will use three or four as need be. Um, but that's, that's my method. I do use a movable aider. Uh, from time to time, if I want to get really high, it's just a self-made uh, continuous loop. Uh, it's a uh, uh, with a garden hose to where I put my foot on. Um, I, it's you know, uh, I guess it's it's tubular webbing, and all I did was cut one one end 
and then I take and put a knot in the other end and I hang it down to see, uh, I want it to be the equal distance between step to step. And then like, it's a third step. Does that make sense? It does. Yeah. And, and, and I, I loop it around the top of my, my sticks. And as I climb, I just take it with me and go to the next one. So the one, the one super, super simple for the record on the aider, if, if people are new to that idea, get online and check that out because the way you have to position your foot, on the the rope and then your toe against the thing it takes a little little practice to get used to that but once you get the hang of it it's like game changing correct like like when i talk about the 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 aider i'm using the five step aider me personally i don't want to take that any higher than what at the bottom stick because there's there's chances to kick out right and um so i i won't i don't do that i just don't feel comfortable uh with the kick out like even though i'm I'm locked in. I don't like that uh, that pucker feeling when when you when you and I've kicked out before. I just and I'm safe. I never fell, but it makes me sweat a lot more. Then I break nervous, and I'm like, no, no, that's not for me. So you're right. When you're using an aider, I will stick my foot in and I'll kick it out to the side a little bit to put my foot all the way in. Then I always bring it back to the center of that tree. My toes are pointed square hard into that tree then i put my weight on it and climb one of the things that i found really neat watching these videos and how everyone does it, and there's different ways to do it is taking your sticks up the tree how do you do that i mean obviously like so, so if, you're, if you're going if you're using all four and you're going all the way up are you so you're setting the second step on top of the first you got two more to carry up how you doing that Okay, so have you seen or heard of uh, a product that Tethered makes called Clippies? Yes. Okay, I didn't know what so they were for, honestly. I, I had no idea. I hadn't gotten that far in the so website. Now that we have those, that's what I use. Used to, before that, I, I had a um, – um, uh, shoot. Um, um, sometimes I would use an S-Beaner just hooked into the Molly. Um, or paracord. So now I use a clippies. I put it on my right side in the very first Molly loop. And then on that clippy, it's, it, for people listening, a clippy is basically just a, a webbing uh, circle that maybe if you take your index finger and thumb, it's about that big. And I'll take a uh, S-beaner and I'll put it on that clippy. And so let's say I'm taking uh, three sticks up with me. So the tethered sticks, Skeletor's one six, they all stack on top of each other. And so I will take the very last um, stick and it has paracord on it and attach it to that S-beaner, which is attached to the clippy, right? So as I climb, because the sticks are, are stacked together and held together, I just pop one off at a time and the other ones hang there. I do the exact same thing with my platform. When I climb, my tethered platform is attached at my seven o'clock on my back or on my waist. I've got a clippy back there with an S-beaner that the, uh, the Predator platform connects to. I think it's fascinating just the different ways that people – stack the you know the haulers and the pockets and, and the the molly clips i think it's 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 limitless and i think it, 
I, I'm going to evolve as I, you know, as I, as I, as I dive in here. So, so one of the things that I'm still trying to figure out, and every, once again, everyone's different. What's your personal preference? The height of the tether, because those old school, like full vest. I mean, you'd stick that thing, all you know, you'd sit down in your stand yep. and all the way up, and that was the that was kind of the, you know, the method for for those. It's a little different with the tether. Uh, from kind of my perspective. So what's your personal preference with tether height where you're actually, you, you're on the platform, you're strapping yourself to the tree. So when I didn't, this is one of the things like where I said, I'm always learning. I would say it, I've done it. Like I said, around 10 years now, when I first started, yeah, there was all this stuff on saddlehunter.com, but it was still kind of new to a lot of people. I took my tether and I hung it up really high above my head. And uh, after a period of time, I realized the higher I hung it, sometimes that tether would get in the way when I was drawing back, right? Uh, depending on how far away from the tree I was. But also, if you think about gravity and you hang it that high, gravity wants to force your body into the tree, right? The higher you hang it because of the angle. So over the years, I've gradually started lowering it. Now, I would say for most people, this is going to be the money spot. Again, it's going to be different for most people, or, or not most, but for a lot of people. But for me, if I'm standing straight up on my platform, my my tether is going to be anywhere between my chin and my nose. That's my sweet spot. And it might be different on a different hunt. It, it's going to sound funny maybe. But sometimes the trees just, just feel different. And then there's like um, some trees have a little lean to them or a little angle. So depending on that, uh, but generally speaking, to answer your question, between my nose and my chin, and a lot of the time it's, it's down uh, around my chin. And I like that also because, because of the tether being lower, I never have to worry about drawing my bow back and the tether being in the way. I don't. I find myself adjusting it too throughout the sit. Like if I'm leaning back, it might be have more let off as the deer comes in. I might pull in a little closer to getting, getting, getting ready. But definitely, it's it's definitely a personal preference. Are you you're talking about height? Do you adjust the height that's that oh, where no, it's I mean just the around ten, the tree. The, the tension of it for me, it's always about my, my oh, no. forehead height. Yeah. Yeah, no, 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 that's different. If you're talking about that, I'm talking about the actual mm -hmm. gotcha. uh, loop gotcha. around the tree. So what you're talking about, I do the same thing. Um, I used to be a sitter most of the time when I, I, I just, that's what I did. Now I'm probably a 70% or more of a leaner. I like to uh, hang my heels off the back of the platform. This is something that might help guys uh, that, that are saddle hunting as well. Take your platform and instead of being, at a, like a parallel, like 90 type degree angle, lower, you know, we have that, that knob in the middle of the platform where you can uh, make it more lower or upright. I put a slight angle to mine where it's a little bit down. That way my weight is, is there's not as much pressure on my feet. I don't go too far down, but I just put a slight angle to it. And as a leaner, that's super comfortable for me. Now, what you're talking about, I will take my uh, rope man and I will lower it when I'm ready to sit a little bit and put my knees into the tree. 
um, and I'll change positions as I hunt, especially early in the season because our bodies aren't used to being up there uh, really early in the season. And you've heard people probably talk about saddle shape and all this and that. And that's not no different than anything else. Our bodies, like, it's like you guys are sleeping in your beds every night and they're comfortable. But if you go sleep on a couch or a new bed, it might make your body feel a little bit uh, weary, tired whatsoever. Same thing here. You're just, it's just, you're using muscles that you're not used to um, going into the season. So it takes me about two weeks actually to where my body starts feeling strong enough and getting accustomed to sitting or leaning in the, to the saddle again. I'm just going to start hanging the saddle in my living room and just hanging out in it. She's going to love that. <laughs> so Adrian, Dude, I really appreciate your time, man. This has been a good dive into kind of the introduction uh, to saddle hunting and, and to tethered. So where can people find you on social media? Uh, so on, I'm, I've got Facebook and Instagram, but I usually just post on Instagram. Uh, my handle is Big A Sports. Um, Big A is what a lot of people call me. I don't know why, but well, you guys you're can six use that five. Too. Well, maybe, maybe, but you can use your imagination. Um, <laughs> uh, Big A Sports. Big A Sports website. We've talked about it. TetherNation.com. Adrian, thank you, man. Appreciate your time. Good luck this season, and uh, yeah, keep us posted. Anything, anything exciting come down the pipeline at Tether for for twenty twenty two? There's there's talk about a new platform that might be carbon fiber. We might have had it at ATA. You might have seen it. We might have. Um, I don't. Uh, I, I don't. I, I to be honest with you, I don't have a specific date, but uh, it's it's we're looking into the next couple months anyway um for me specifically being here in tennessee uh we have a velvet hunt it's a three-day velvet hunt at the end of the month so i'll be participating in that then our actual season doesn't open up till the the last weekend of september so i've been trying to zero in and get ready for the, those velvet deer it's a, it's a sweet thing so is that like a draw or is that something you guys do in tennessee every year so they just started this about, I want to say four years ago, and they opened it up because, you know, when when season opens up in Tennessee at the end of September, the velvet's gone. So they wanted to give us an opportunity as sportsmen to, to hunt that velvet deer. And uh, so there's there's rules. It has to be on private land, and it's bow only. Now there's a new exception. We have a, we have a, a CWD has hit the western part of Tennessee uh, towards Memphis. And so to, to kind of combat that, they have opened it up to public land out there on specific public lands, and they let you use a rifle um, just to, to take some of those out. So out-of-state hunters can come and participate in that, and that's what I, a lot of people uh, do. Um, I'll be here in the, the middle Tennessee area on some private land that uh, I've got some permission on that I've been running some cameras on and I've got some good ones showing up. It just really is going to depend for me if the wind is right. Uh, and if, if I've got a really good pattern on these deer, because uh, I usually don't touch that area till the rut. Um, but so if it's not a perfect situation, I'm not going to go in there and blow it out, but I've got some good ones on camera and they've been pretty consistent. So if they stay that way, um, I'm going to go in there and go after him. If not, 
I won't be hunting the velvet hunt. All right, yeah. one more question about the saddle because it just came to my mind. You're talking about the rifle hunting. We yep. we talked a lot about hunting archery uh, with your saddle. Is it something you can use for rifles or shotguns or any other type of uh, weapons? All of the above. I, I think it's great for those those types of things. Um, you know, there's things that you can do with a tether. You can use that to, to rest your your firearm on, or you can take uh, your one of your hands and like place the 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 gun against the tree and kind of support it. So there's no issues. Like I, I generally, I love bow hunting. It's just my thing. I'm not opposed to using a gun at all. I'll occasionally take a muzzle loader out and use that, but it, I think it's great for, for those aspects of hunting as well. Awesome. Adrian, man, we really appreciate your time. Good luck this year. Hope you get uh, a velvet bruiser, man. That'd be cool. It'd be a cool story. Can't wait to hear it. So, Oh man, I'd love, I'd love that guys. I, Hey, I appreciate y'all's time and, reaching out and uh, we'll definitely stay in touch and see what you guys are, are seeing and, and uh, let's, let's uh, get together and talk about strategies. And if y'all got some new saddle hunting stuff that uh, you learn, you need to share with me. Cause like I said, I'm always wanting to learn something or in case in Paul's case, Andrew, what I shouldn't do. Got it. <laughs> got it. Oh man. It's, it's, it's going to be fun. Appreciate it, man. Hey, have a great evening, and we'll talk to you soon. All right, boys. Thank you, you, y'all.